welcome to the Great Outdoors. Em Adler is here to talk Seattle support and all things WNBA from a beautiful location in the center of the universe. Locked on Women's Basketball starts now. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, hi there and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdal. Reminding you, you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On WBB. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Make sure you subscribe. It's free. It's free. They say the best things in life are free. In this case, it's true. Lockdown Women's Basketball. Make us your first listen every day. M. Adler, it was a busy Sunday in the WNBA. Obviously very exciting. Let me start. Um, Minnesota at New York. Did you watch that on national TV yesterday? No, did you? No. Okay. Uh, no, I didn't. Um, surely, though, Indiana at Atlanta, interesting young teams. Did you watch that on national TV yesterday? Unfortunately, when I turned on my television, I, I didn't see it. And actually, just technically, because we're going to post this Tuesday, so we're talking about Sunday. We're recording on Monday. Sunday afternoon, into the evening, 6 p.m., Washington at Chicago. Wow, great game. Great game. Very exciting. Elena Deldon, Candace Parker. What national TV channel did you watch that on? Um, let's see. I think I watched on my national television channel on my uh, the app on my PS4. Oh, no, I was Okay, but surely that got bumped because uh, Dallas and Enrique Adrumbawale facing the Las Vegas Aces, first team with a chance to get to 10 wins. Uh, did you watch that on national TV? <laughs> missed it. Must have missed it. Oh, but Los Angeles at Phoenix, a chance to see the Aguuma case take on Skylar Diggins Smith and Diana Tarazi. Did you watch that on national TV? A thrilling battle down to the end, but I did not see any of it. No, that was on national TV, but that's all fine, right? Right, that makes sense. Connecticut Sun. A great team, 26-6 and six last season, three of the top five in the WNBA in win shares, taking on Brianna Stewart. I mean, my goodness, that must have been on all the national TV channels, right? It was on my computer monitor, I'll tell you that much. But that's about it, huh? Very interesting. Yeah, just, and we, we covered it in the daily briefing, uh, ably and reliably brought to you by M. Adler, who does such great work on TDB, on the Seattle Storm, and really across the league. Not one, not one on national TV on a day that all 12 WNBA teams were playing. Just, we understand the reasons why, right? We talk about it all the time. The various ways that the league brings revenue in, but on a day that you had all 12 teams playing and a Sunday at that, how aggravating is it 
not to see the WNBA on national television. It's not only just that it's aggravating to not be able to see them on national television, but it's the fact that as the Storm game, I'm of course covering the Storm games, and I covered a thrilling game of that, but it's the fact that in doing so, I missed two of the other just thrilling games that day and had no opportunity to watch them at that point. I mean, it just comes down to, again and again, the lead has to balance, and it's an unenviable choice. The lead has to balance new revenue coming in with satisfying multiple TV partners and figuring out a way to do that while continuing to grow. But yes, I know for many of us, a Sunday afternoon and evening where you simply couldn't see a lot of these great games happen very frustrating. But let, let's talk about it. Let's talk about specifically the Seattle Storm. And M, you've been doing great work, uh, along with Rowan Sheberg, uh, who is in town, of course, in Seattle doing this as well. But you answered some great mailbag questions. I, I just want to start with one. Um, just get the name. It's from Howard Magdal asking about Sue Bird and her shooting from two. At the time, it was one for 12. Now it's two for 16. Can you just take me through why no one should be worried about this? I would not be worried about that because, look, she shot one for four yesterday. I guess when you're listening to this, it be one for four two days ago. But you know, she, you know what she shot from three? It was five of 11. Not a lot of players in WNBA shoot five of 11 from three. She shot decently to open the season, about 35% from three and 36 attempts across the such a certain game she played before she had to go to protocols. But, you know, that's not up to stuff for her. She, she needs to be around 39-40%. That's where she's been for the past several years. You know, to hear it from herself, her shot wasn't feeling right. Felt great coming out of protocols. What's fascinating to me, and, and again, that, that question really answered my, my concerns, the way you talked about it uh, quite a bit. And I agree with you. I, I think that that balance being a little less equal than it's been, let's say, even in the late veteran stages of Sue Bird's career is perfectly acceptable. Uh, but you also talked about in that mailbag, and it's worth everyone should check it out, thenexthoops.com. Just you should be following what we're doing every day and make sure you're subscribing to support the work that's being done by M, by being by being done by all of our writers, our editors, our photographers across the country covering women's basketball, north of 100 reported pieces every month. Um, but you talked about Ezzy Magbador as making the leap. Can you elaborate on that? So I thought that was interesting. I understood that Ezzy's production was up, but I, I really thought you did a great job of getting into why that happened. So Ezzy is someone who, you know, the... The thing that you keep hearing on broadcasts about her is how young she is. She came over from Australia in the WNBL when she was just 20. That was in the bubble. She looked like she belonged. It was an accomplishment of itself at the age of 20. Next year, last year, she was 21, and she was one of the better global big defenders in the league. Incredibly promising. There were concerns. Her finishing around the room was pretty rough, but that's a thing that for young players, if they have a track record of it, before they get to WNBA, that's a thing they can do and then come back later across a couple years. And certainly that seems to have happened this year, along with a couple other things coming along. Her, her 
switchability this year, I don't think there's another big in the entire league who's been able to match what she's done. Guarding Skylar Dickens-Smith in isolation, guarding Bandage through in isolation, and just blocking them anywhere. She is taking Candace Parker off the dribble to the rim. She blew by John Will Jones with a fake hand off uh, just on Sunday. John Will Jones had to foul her to prevent the she finally hit her first three of the season this year after hitting a few of them in small sample last year because she's had large volume this year. Uh, she's been hitting longer jump shots. It's been great to see. Her rotations, her timings, her length and athleticism is generally incredible. If I had a defensive player of the year ballot and if the season ended today, I would have trouble keeping her out of my top five, maybe even my top four. It's really interesting when you talk about that leap and even the ability to stretch the floor and the, the fact that she made her first three. It feels like a potential lineup with a front line of Ezzy Magbador, Brianna Stewart, and Gabby Williams would be particularly difficult to match up against in the playoffs. I know you talked about this in the mailbag as well, but take me through. You mentioned you thought Gabby Williams was a capable 12 to 16 minute playoff contributor. I happen to agree with you. Uh, I think we're in the minority right now as far as that goes, but tell me, make the case for why that ought to be and why you think Seattle has planned it that way. So I don't know if Seattle has necessarily planned it that way. I think that they definitely had this possibility in mind. I'm sure they hoped for more. I think when we talk about a fifth option in a lineup, you're not talking about someone who has to be a high-flying floor spacer. You're not, someone who, you're not talking about someone who has to be able to create. You're not talking about someone who has to be a playmaker or anything of that sort. You're just talking about someone who has to be in the right spots, who has to connect the ball well, and just has to make sure that the defense isn't playing five-on-four advantage. And now that can manifest in a number of different ways. You just have to do whatever you can to make sure that you are some fact that the has to respect. Just don't be like Philadelphia 76er defensive specialist Matisse Thibault did in their second round series this year when they played Miami Heat. The Heat would literally just play entirely off of him and the rest of the offense had no space operating. Debbie Williams gets herself involved in the action. She sets good screens. She rolls well. She finishes excellently. And she gets the ball where needs to go. That's, that's enough to make sure that you're not a total fence space and the rest of the offense isn't playing at a disadvantage enough to keep your defense on court. What that just means, though, is that when her defense is needed, she can play her stretches, not the whole game, and certainly not in games where there's no one important for her to cover. It's important also that we think about the big picture for Seattle. I want to talk about where they are in the lead and get into the week ahead for the storm as well. But before we do that, I do want to take you through prize picks, which has some really interesting ways of playing daily fantasy. And I'm happy to say, including the WNBA, they do a very nice job on WNBA daily fantasy. You pick two to five players and there's an over under on their projections you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Now, it's just you versus the projected numbers. You're not playing against somebody else. You're playing the house. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is safe and offers fast withdrawals. You can use the award-winning app on both the App Store or Google Play. So mixed sport entries are possible, too. Em and I are both passionate believers that there's one basketball 
Oh, there's NBA, but there's also WNBA, and you can do both. So for a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive offer for all of our users. You can get $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point, but you must use the code NBA, which is, of course, the lead, uh, the little brother lead of the WNBA. Uh, but they, they also, they play, they, I think, even have a finals going on right now. An exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up and use code NBA. The W is silent. $50 for free if a player in your first prize pick entry stores a single point. Make sure you're using prize picks for all your daily fantasy leads. So, five and five, seventh overall in the lead right now. You know, a real ugly loss, followed by a not so ugly, but still loss this past weekend. Are we concerned? You know, it's, it's sort of a variation of a conversation you and I have had before. It's 10 games. Well, what does 10 games mean in the vast scheme of things? Not that much. What does it mean in terms of the percentage of a 36-game season? Quite a bit. So where are you on this as far as how what they've done matters? Much like Seattle Storm head coach Noel Settle Storm, de facto co-head coach, super. I am not concerned. They're five and five. They just played the first game of this of their whole season with their actual top rotation all healthy. And the last time that they played most of the rotation healthy, they spent three and a half quarters creaming Chicago before they took their foot off the gas. And a wacky ending, but you know, we'll take the first three and a half quarters for what they were. They haven't played too many teams of huge natural consequence and in that sense I just mean in that sense they got swept in their first uh, sort of home and home with Phoenix which essentially has taken them out of um, commission's couple of contention not that that's a huge thing for them but you know it's it's notable that essentially took them out of commission's couple of contention they got swept by them in the, on, in the back-to-back and they were missing uh, Stewie for part of that they had a problem with Vegas. Everyone had a problem with Vegas, especially in the season. So I don't think there's a huge concern, at least in those senses. Certainly, yesterday's loss stings. They were in control for most of the game. They were up 13 at the end of the first half, or for most of the first half, I'd say, in parts of the third quarter. It looked like the Sun just had no answer whatsoever for, for Seattle's defense and also their offense. Then the Storm bench was just a huge negative sun sort of filtered back in their starters. And you ran into the issue where Ronna Jones and John Paul Jones, they're so good in the low post. They're so good at cutting their ceiling and just making havoc once they get there, no matter how they get there. The Storm had trouble with them. Even for as good as Ezzy and Stewie are, they're not six foot six, like 200 pound defenders that can really and that's where you're hoping that Mercedes Russell is able to come off the limited stretching stream. She's at about 12 minutes right now, but that's the presence that you're looking for as they come back. They play the dream uh, when you're hearing this, they play the dream tonight. And th- that'll be a good game. That that should be a matchup more than favorably in the Storm's favor. They should be able to get out to something near 8 or 10. For a team that is genuinely solid, there are other matchups coming up on the calendar that we can going to see. Mystics one is going to be fascinating, and there are other ones that do a close to full strength storm, just able to play players where they want to play them. They're going to get the experience that they haven't had yet, and we'll actually get to see, I think, 
what the team is made of. And to your point, this is an Atlanta Dream game Tuesday night, followed by a long road trip, followed by a very long road trip. And Mercedes Russell, I really want to see, correct me if I'm wrong, you think we'll see a lot of Russell on Cheyenne Parker, you know, who has just had a really impressive year so far this year? Um, I don't think it'll be an especially clear matchup. I mean, Cheyenne Parker isn't someone who really challenges you down low the post the way that, you know, the, the, the league's premier bigs do. Um, Atlanta head coach Tanisha Wright, former Storm player, um, former Storm legend, really, um, she does an excellent job of getting players in good positions. And so Cheyenne Parker has gotten a lot, a lot of touches really close to the rim. She's gotten a lot of good mid-range opportunities to take people off the bounce. I think Eze will be fine handling her, to be honest. It'll be a good matchup for Eze. We'll get to see her take stuff off. But, you know, Sadie's is still working back in that minutes restriction. So I don't think it'll be something that really marks the game. So I have some breaking news that I'm going to throw into our podcast in just a minute. Uh, But first, I want to tell you about the breaking news in your taste buds that you can find with Built Bear. Built Bar has caramel brownie just for a limited time. Very exciting. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of net carbs. All of Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. There are a million reasons that you should try Built Bar I mean, I've got one. I've got the only one you need, right? And I'll tell you what it is in just a sec. But go to BuiltBar. Or go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off here at Built.com. And M, when you do that, who should you say sent you? Emma Myrna sent you. That's very good. So the breaking news that I'm getting here, and this is something I have confirmed, Brianna Stewart is coming to New York. Brianna Stewart is coming to New York on June 19th when the Storm play the Liberty. So by the time Seattle and New York face off on, on June 19th, what do you think the Seattle Storm record should be for them to continue? To not be concerned. Howard, what is your definition of breaking news? You don't think Brianna Stewart would be a huge story? I'm wondering what your definition of breaking news is. Like, like what is this new is. part? You know how CNN just recently said they're going to stop using breaking news all the time? Well, I think we're going to pick up the slack. I didn't say exclusive to the next because anyone who has a WNBA schedule could see it. Which I think makes it not, I think that picks up the new part of it. Anyway, the storm before they get to New York, our favorite city, the greatest city in the world, they play the dream, then they travel to Dallas for uh, not, not a back-to-back, it's a weekend set, they go up to Minneapolis, and then they go to Uncasville uh, before heading to New York. We've seen the problems the Storm have with the Sun. We've also seen the success the Storm have for two and a half quarters against the Sun. You know, that game, I think how Sabres is feeling will play a lot in it. I think 
how the sun are doing just in terms of if they fix the chemistry problems that I think we're pretty I, I shouldn't even say chemistry problems they're just innate fit problems that even as they were going on their 18-2 run in the fourth quarter on Sunday the problems were still there we'll see how those help or don't help their play you know Minnesota should be a, should be a clean win Atlanta, I think, should be a pretty solid win at home. It's the back-to-back, in, not the back-to-back, it's, uh, it's the weekend set. Yeah, I, so in the mailbag page talked about, I identified the, the Wings specifically as a poor matchup for Seattle. Um, I also identified the Sun as a good matchup, which for more than half the game, I was good matchup, so I'm taking that. But the, the Wings, I think, are still a poor matchup for the Storm. I think keeping that in mind, you know, just given how they're constructed, and I went out into that for a morning at Mailbag, but just given how the wings are constructed, you know, if Seattle splits that series with Dallas, I'd consider that a win. That would put them at 3-2 um, and two going into New York over that five-game set, which would put them at 8-7 and seven on the season. Seems reasonable. And again, given, and I know this is kind of off the Seattle topic and more of a Dallas topic, but given the difficulty that Seattle has with big bigs, shouldn't Tierra McCowan play a lot during that two games in three days? Seattle has problems with big bigs in some sense. They don't have problems with everything. They, they didn't necessarily have any more problem with Brittany Griner last year, for example, than any of the league had with Brittany Griner. They pretty much kept her two round season averages. They've always defended Liz Cambage better than Cambage against It's all matchup specific. When we talk about bigs that are somewhat more, Bree Jones isn't who you think of as like a mobile offensive player, but when we talk about bigs who move well, they can get around the court, they can be a threat to do stuff, not shooting, but screening, handling, handoffs from the perimeter and also sealing and posting up down low, like Bree Jones, like JJ, like those kind of players then that's going to be an issue for the Storm scheme. Tierra McCowan is a very change-of-pace player in that wing system. The wings play with an excellent defensive identity. This year, they played with an excellent defensive identity with their top five, starting that up, top six, depending on who's the first person off the bench, whether it's KT or... Um, I guess it's KT at this point, or it's been easy the last couple of games. So if you're Dallas, you don't you definitely don't want to change that up too much just because again, if you're putting McCown in the starting lineup, if you're trying to play with 20 minutes, you're changing what their core successful identity is. And we saw what happened with them when they went out to Los Angeles. You can't fight fire with fire. You can't try to approximate JJ or Bree Jones, for example, if they're trying to get the store. You can't try to approximate this Ken Beige when they went out to Los Angeles. You can't try to approximate them. I understand your point. I still maintain Tierra McCowan should play 35 minutes a game. I believe that Greg Bibb believes that as well. That's a great reaction, which we will definitely do. Over who? I, I would plan to play Tierra McCowan 35 minutes a game, and I would plan the rest around it. That's what I would do. But no, I, that's, that, I'm definitely going to take that facial expression and use it in the lockdown graphic. There's no question in my mind. That was excellent. And I think understandably so. Listen, I'm also a Han Shu for 35 minutes a game with the Liberty. 
Uh, I'm also on the NBA side. Uh, Boban should play 35 to 40 minutes a game. 45 would be okay with me if we had Boban playing 45 minutes a game. That would all work for me. So anyway, and Boban, of course, plays in the league. And again, it's fascinating to me, right? Thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. You have a chance to make as your second listen uh, a league that uh, could, you know, use a little more attention. It's it's called the NBA, and 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 men play basketball there. We have something called the Lockdown NBA Big Board. Host Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by, joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Lee Fluen to give fans an in-depth look at the NBA draft. The NBA draft is, in many ways, the NBA finals for the city where you are standing right now, M. It is the highlight of the basketball season on the men's side in Manhattan, wouldn't you say? Hey, okay, I'm not a Knicks fan. I, I actively dislike them, but they did make the playoffs a couple of years ago. They weren't good, but they made it. They did. I mean, listen... And, and banking on Julius Randle long-term has really paid off for them. So make sure that you go ahead and listen to Locked On NBA Draft. It's free wherever you get podcasts, just like you listen to us. First day, first morning every day, Locked On Women's Basketball. M. Adler doing amazing work. Follow M on Twitter. Read everything that M. Adler writes. Just, I, I am a booster of yours forever. Thank you for taking the time during your lunch break to be doing this here in the wilds of New York City. Thank you for having me. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.